And welcome into the latest edition of the Sharpshooters. I'm David Schuster, joined as always by my good friend and fellow hoops junkie Andy Roth. And Andy, we're brought to you by DraftKings and more from our sponsor in just a bit. All right, Andy, we're almost two weeks into the NBA season. Obviously, two weeks does not make a season, of course. But there's been some really interesting stuff that's happened here. And we talked about this a little bit off uh, before we started the recording here. We're recording this on Wednesday evening. There seems to be some parity in the NBA. Some of the teams that were expected to be really good maybe have gotten off to some poor starts. Some teams that you didn't expect to be good have gotten off to some good starts. And then there's some teams, I don't care where what point of the season we're talking, they're going to be bad teams all season long. Yeah, well, I'm fascinated by two teams. You know, uh, you know, we know about the Nets and the Bucks and the Lakers and such, but you know, we've got the Hornets that have, you know, a great young point guard in LaMelo Ball, but the guy that's really turned it up a notch is Miles Bridges. Um, last two months of last season, um, he looked good, but he's taken it up to another level this year. He's had three 30-point games. This is a guy that's going to be in the conversation for most improved player. And besides being, you know, a super athlete, a great dunker, this is a guy that can put the ball on the floor and can shoot the three. Now, they have a, num- a one-two combo of ball and bridges. This team is really set up for the future. Yeah, and if Hayward stays healthy, of course, I mean, he's the third wheel of the tripod, if you will, third leg of the tripod, I should say. And they've gotten off to a good start. They're four and one. They're one of the teams in the Eastern Conference that has done well. There's a big game here in Chicago tomorrow night between two of the teams that have gotten off to good starts. The Knicks, always in your backyard at three and one. And as I've always said, Tom Thibodeau, he's a regular season coach if there ever was one to get his teams, you know, in high gear. And the Bulls. The Bulls are 4-0. I believe they're the only team in the Eastern Conference at this uh, juncture that are, is undefeated, a couple in the West as well. Um, and the Bulls, have they're 4-0, but they really have be- they haven't beaten anybody. They've beaten a rotten Piston team twice. They beat right. a bad Pelican team, and they beat a, you know, a Toronto team that's gotten off to a bad start. The Bulls show some promise, Andy, but I will tell you that uh, Zach Levine uh, had an MRI on his thumb today, and it showed that it's got at least sprained ligaments. And sometimes a sprained ligament is a torn ligament. And if he has to have surgery, and it's an if at this point, he's going to be out six to eight weeks. Um, and even if he doesn't have surgery, it's going to bother him. That goes goes without saying. So, But it is on the non-shooting hand, correct? I believe I, it I is. I thought on, it was, yeah. Yeah. Right. But, you know, but if he has a surgery, if he has a surgery, he will be out that period of time. So, you know, they're certainly hoping for the best thing possible. Well, I wanted to ask you about one young player that I've followed since he got there. Mm-hmm. What's your impression of Patrick Williams so far? Any change in his game in terms of being more aggressive? No, not at all. I mean, not at all. The other night, he took three shots. He hit two of them. He had just a couple of rebounds. He played like 28 minutes. I mean, it's almost like, you know, you look on the, on the screen or if you're in person, you look on the court. Where is he? What is he doing? I do believe that he's got the talent to be a cog in that, in that, in that roster. But, you know, I go back to what his freshman year in college and let's face it, he's still, I think he just barely turned 20. So he's very young, obviously in his freshman year at Florida state, let's face it. He was drafted very high. Number four, he didn't start in college and he deferred to the older players there in his rookie season. And he came in, you know, as a, you know, as a hindrance, the fact that he didn't have training camp or he, he wasn't able to play in the Las Vegas summer league because of the whole COVID situation. So he really has been behind the eight ball. But at this point, Andy, he should be starting to show you some more stuff. 
He's had good veteran leadership. It was Thad Young last year. It's DeMar Rosen so far this year. Somebody's got a light of fire on this guy uh, under him. He's got the talent, Andy. He's got the body for sure to be an NBA power forward. He's just got to start proving it. That's all. And he's got to start putting forth not the effort so much. He's just got to become, like you said, more active. He's, he's got to show more than what he already has shown. Well, do you think he's inclined to be less aggressive now that they have even more offensive firepower? Yeah, I do. I think there's a, you know, but again. So that's up to the, for me, that's up to the yes. coaching staff and the players. Yes. yes, absolutely. Like I said, he's had veteran guidance from a, from a roster standpoint and Billy Donovan and Maurice Cheeks, you know how I feel about Maurice Cheeks. They need to get more out of this guy. And I don't know, do you have to insult him? Do you have to call his girlfriend names? I don't know what you have to do, but you got to light a fire on this guy. There's no question about it. All right. Wanted to bring up one other young team, the Memphis Grizzlies, who you were down on last week. Yep. Um, I've always said if John Morant gets a jump shot, and we still don't know for sure, you know, you're talking about a superstar franchise player and a perennially MVP candidate. And I also like, you know, the secondary players on that team, Jaron Jackson obviously hasn't hit his ceiling. Desmond Bain had a good rookie year. He's played well this year. And remember the name, DeAnthony Melton. He was a second-round pick in 2018, played well down the stretch last year, and first four games of this season, he's averaging 18 a game. You know, I saw them, as I told you last week, I saw them in the final preseason game here against the Bulls, and um, they were getting ready for the regular season. So they went through their regular rotations. Melton um, – you know, didn't show much in that game. Morant, I love Morant. I think Morant is, is not only an MVP potential candidate, he's also a most improved player. And it's almost blasphemous to say that because he was so good last year, but he's taken yeah. it up almost like two octaves already this season from where he was. He had that 40-point game in Los Angeles against the Lakers where, you know, he almost couldn't miss from all over the court. So, yeah, I love John Morant. He's a young Derrick Rose. That's exactly what he is. I love watching him. But I don't, I don't know about the rest of that roster. I just don't. No, well, you know, I've watched them play a lot. Baines is a good player. Um, Melton, I watched tape of him. I liked what I saw. And, again, you know, Jaron Jackson is just a baby in this league too. So, you know, I think there's a good young nucleus there. All right. Uh, speaking of some teams, eh, I told you, you know, the Bulls have beaten Detroit twice. They might be the worst team. They, now, Kate Cunningham hasn't played yet. And, right. And so we really don't know how he will affect – uh, the team. And, and, you know, we're going to talk about the rookie uh, class in just a moment also, but Detroit, from what I saw, just an awful team. They're you know not what's hurting them very badly? Um, Killian Hayes um, had an injury riddle season last year, but was not good. No. And he's been awful this season. Yeah. Really, really lacking confidence. Yeah. You know, and I, and I uh, talked to their announcer. I work with the visiting announcers, George Blaha. Speaking of announcers, we're going to hear from Joel Myers, the Pelicans announcer in just a minute here. Um, I did an interview with him the other day before the Bulls uh, beat them. Um, but George Blaha, who I also did an interview with him, will play that on a subsequent podcast. He just said exactly what you just said. Killian Hayes has just not performed, and they're really unsure if the competition that he played against, you know, didn't get him ready for the NBA, honestly. So time will tell on that one, but I don't like that roster at all. New Orleans is another roster, especially without Zion Williamson. They're, they're ugh. I mean, there's just really not much on that roster. And speaking of New Orleans, and, and obviously one of the big acquisitions from the Bulls was getting uh, Lonzo Ball from the Pelicans um, because they didn't want to pay him. I, I think that's pretty 
pretty understood. Anyway, so I get a chance to talk to Joel Myers. Why don't we hear from him as, as long as we're on that subject? Here's uh, one of the famous announcers in the NBA. He's been a fixture in pro basketball for a long time. I had a chance to talk to Joel Myers the other day. All right, Joel. Um, I mean, Lonzo Ball has already been really impressive here so far. W- were you surprised? I mean, or was that just a money thing for New Orleans not retaining him? Well, I can't say it was a money thing because I think every general manager looks at three or four years ahead, the way they do their budgets. So, And everybody was happy with the way he performed, 38% from three, the best of his career. But uh, I think Lonzo, I'm happy for him because he's in a perfect spot, mm-hmm. especially when DeMar came over because Lonzo would like, like to advance it, and then he'd be on the trail after the ball came back out. And a lot of times he was productive on a catch-and-shoot, and he had a clean look beyond the arc. So I think it's perfect now because of Zach and then the addition of DeMar, that there's no microscope on it. And he can just go accordingly, relax, and have a really good, healthy season. He's not a perfect player by any stretch of the imagination, but he's greatly improved since he came into the league. The only thing he probably doesn't do that maybe some traditionals would like for him to break down the defense on the dribble, get more into the lane, but I think you're 100% correct. He fits in like a glove with the, with the guys that are surrounding him. Right, right. Because if you look at his numbers from last year, and he did really well, 14, 38%, as I mentioned. He only got to the free throw line for 65 attempts in 65 games. So he's not your prototypical coming off the pick and I'm going to attack and I'm downhill and I'm going to the rim. He's more of a guy, he's a creative guy, and he's a bright guy, and he sees everybody on the floor. So he can make good plays. He sees options. Uh, But he's not that attack downhill guard. So he's in a perfect, to me, he's in a perfect spot with the Bulls. And he's a rarity. He plays and wants to play defense. Yeah, well, plus he's got a good wingspan. He's got long arms. He's a big guard to begin with. He's a legit 6'5". And as I said, he's a bright player. So he sees the floor. So he reads and reacts, and sometimes he sees the play before it even develops at that end of the floor defensively. And as far as the Pelicans go, first of all, A, when is Zion going to be back, hopefully? And and how are they going to continue to build around him? Well, no idea when he's going to be back, but they actually have improved significantly because of the shooting. They got more shooting, which they had to. They were in the bottom five in shooting percentage, in uh, three-point attempts and makes. Go down the list. Anything three, they were in the bottom five. So uh, now they bring in a kid, Trey Murphy. He's a legit 6'9 shooter, and he's got a beautiful stroke. And a couple of other guys that they've picked up as well, like Devontae Graham. And Devontae, he was sensational in the first game. The backcourt was outstanding in the first game, uh, but it got away in the fourth quarter against the top two or three team in the Eastern Conference and a veteran team in the 76ers. So there's going to be some growing pains for the Pels. They picked up from you guys, uh, Sadoransky and Garrett, both are vets that know how to play and can help the younger guys. That's the plus. Is is NOLA a, a city that is going to continue and even more so going forward support this team, this organization? Yeah, they, they actually the lower bowl was filled opening night, and they were jumping. They were really into it. So that's not a problem. The, the bottom line is Mrs. B and Gail Benson's totally committed to the franchise. She said right when she got the team, she said, I'm a trustee for the city for both the Saints and the Pelicans. So she's there every night. She loves the team. She's a New Orleanian. So that's where it really falls into place. They're not going anywhere, and they're in really good shape. Joel, you've been with a, different, a few different franchises in the NBA. Are you a basketball junkie at heart? Been. Just had dinner Tuesday night with Bob Pettit and his wife, Alma. On the day that they announced the top 25, or at least the first 25, and Bob was number three on the list, 
So we were at Clancy's Uptown. We celebrated together. What an honor. And I get together. I grew up in St. Louis, so he was my idol. He's even a better person. And I get to spend every two, three weeks, we, we spend time, we have dinners together. I've always said, for me, being a basketball junkie, I get such a thrill watching these guys play literally right in front of right. me. Do you get the same thrill? Yeah, we're spoiled. Yeah. We are spoiled because we're watching the best in the world. And now it's the number two sport in the country. It has gone that global. And then you saw the announcement over the last couple of days where it's going to be NBA Europe, that Adam Silver has joined up with FIBA. Now, I hope that doesn't impact, and in a bad way, you know, the EuroLeague and the Italian series and the Spanish League and ACB, and we can go down the list because they've done a great job of developing talent. But right now, 20 25% of the league is internationals. So the, the sport has grown the way we all wanted to see it. And, and to this point, to think of basketball as the number two sport in the world, it's the only sport we've exported. Look at it that way. Football didn't make it. They tried NFL Europe. Uh, baseball never really latched on. Basketball, we exported, and everybody took to it. Final question. Um, they came out with the top 75, as you well know. I almost feel bad for the people uh, who voted because there's so many. Right. I mean, you know, you could do another right. 175, but which which ones that didn't make the list, in your mind, should have made the list, I guess? Well, I didn't even, I, to be honest with you, I, I didn't want anybody to be left off that was on the original 50. So those are the guys, if if those were those are the guys to top of my list, that it's not the guys that are playing now that were left off. It's the guys, the pioneers, that were original 50s that weren't a part of it. That's who I feel for. All right, Andy, what did you think of anything that Joel might have said? And what stood out to me the most when you asked him, what's the timeline on Zion? A quick no timeline. Yeah. Now, between the injuries, the weight issue, there's been stories he's over 300 pounds. Wow. And the fact, you know, we've already hear, heard the chatter that, he doesn't want to be in New Orleans long term. They've got an issue there. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I actually was saying to myself, hmm, what about Zion for Ben Simmons? Ooh, interesting. It, it just hit me. Yeah, I thought interesting. Uh, would both teams do that straight up? I, I, I know Philly would. Yeah, I would too. I, I'm not sure New Orleans would at this point. Now, obviously, they're different kind of players. Um, Zion, even though he's, what, 6'6", maybe, you know, he's a player who basically, you know, does most of his scoring around the basket. Ben Simmons is more of a distributor who's got a lot of talent, obviously, and is much taller. But he's a player that plays a little bit more on the perimeter overall. But I'm telling you, if, if Philly could get a, a talent like Zion Williamson, I'd even throw in something else on top of Ben Simmons to get Zion Williamson if I'm Philly. But then I make sure that uh, Zion is on a diet. because I just wonder how concerned the uh, Pelicans are as far as Zion holding up physically? Well, they should be. I mean, yeah. he's had a lot of injuries in a short time in the NBA already. But, you know, and, and I'll critique a little bit what Joel said, because I really hadn't seen the roster until that night. There's really not much there. And when he thinks that that's a promising roster, he goes, well, we've added a lot of shooting. So what? I mean, right. you've got to have talent <laughs> beyond yeah. just shooting. Yeah. There's more to the game than just shooting, even though it's a three-point league now. But yeah, a lot they, of teams and coaches don't get that. Yeah, they really don't have much as far as I'm concerned. All right, before we go uh, a little bit further into the NBA, first a word from our sponsor. And the NBA is back and at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. 
New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and Washington? And uh, oh, yeah, Washington one more time. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, back to the NBA. Uh, we talked about the Knicks and the Bulls here tomorrow night, Andy, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, first of all, even before the game, Joakim Noah is going to be honored by the Bulls. I don't think they're retiring his number, but he's going to be honored for you know his time that he played here. He played in New York, obviously, as well. He's is he's one of the players, and Tom Thibodeau uh, talked about him on his post-game press conference from last night's game when they beat Philadelphia, is that maybe Joakim Noah got the most out of his talent than maybe any other player that's ever played in pro basketball because he came into the NBA with the weirdest shot called the tornado. And you know, he just had an ugly, ugly offensive game. Yet he he became a solid, solid, more than a solid player, Andy, on both ends of the court. One of your all-time hustle players. And it was a joy, a joy to be around him. Plus, he was always a good soundbite. Yeah, well, he's a guy that did things that impact winning. You can do more than just scoring. He was a really good defender, solid rebounder, and a, a secondary playmaker. No question about it. And the reason they're honoring him tomorrow with the Knicks here in town, you know, because he played for Tom Thibodeau here in Chicago. So Thibs will be there. His college coach was Billy Donovan, who's now the Bulls head coach. So right, right. A lot of synergy here. Taj Gibson and Derek Rose, former teammates who are currently on the Knicks. They'll, of course, be there as well. And I'm sure we'll see other old-time Bulls players who are not so old, by the way, like Luol Deng and Kirk Heinrich. And I know that the United Center, which is a loud building to begin with, it'll be off the charts loud tomorrow night. And, and good for Joakim Noah. Like I said, he not only was a, he a really, really good basketball player, but he also, and I did this I know in New York as well, gave to the community got very, very involved with the community and very charitable with his time and his money. So I'm really you know, happy that he's uh, going to be honored by the Chicago Bulls. I want to go back to what some, one other thing that we talked about last week, Andy. And uh, I thought more and more about this. And I talked, as you heard, with, with Joel Myers, and I did this with George Blaha as well, the NBA 75th anniversary all-time top 75 players. And there are some players – as I said to Joel Myers, they could have been another 175 on this list. But here's some of the names, you know, in researching even further that were left off, Andy. And these were all pro players, all of these guys. Joe Dumars, who should be on this. Alex English, Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Vince Carter, Manu Ginobili. These are all great, great players. Well, I don't think Carmelo Anthony should be on the team and – to be honest with you, I don't think Damian Lillard, but definitely not Carmelo. I have no doubt in my mind that Joe Dumars was better than Carmelo, and it's not even close. 
Joe Dumars uh, was one of the players who I, you know, not only I, but so many others had such respect for, even though he was part of that bad boys uh, Detroit team and everybody hated the Pistons. It wasn't only people in Chicago, but around the league. But he was the one guy who you had a respect for because he played hard, of course, and he was ultra talented. And if you look at, you know, his accomplishments, he won a couple of titles. I think he was on four or five or six all-star teams, if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the heart and souls of that bad boys team. And also like Andy, like I know you always point to, he did it on both ends of the court. Yeah, he was a high level defender to me. Dumars is better than Damian Lillard. And again, for me, that's not a close call. I mean, Lillard is a bad defender and actually Dumars is a better playmaker than Lillard. Yeah. So, I mean, he should be on it. And, you know, people might not be familiar with Alex English. Alex English was a scoring machine in his day. Pau Gasol was certainly a championship player who did so much, you know, for, for certainly the Lakers and other teams and, and really was a cool guy to talk to. Tony Parker. Tony Parker was not only a great player and a great clutch player, Andy, but he was a winner. He won. It wasn't just David Robinson and Tim Duncan. I mean, uh, Tony, they might not win any championships without a guy like Tony Parker. You know, it's funny you bring up Alex English. They they had the wrong former nugget on the top 75 because Alex English was just as big a scorer as Carmelo and in an era where it was a lot tougher to score. Hey, listen, I might even have Kiki Vandewey instead of Carmelo, to be honest. <laughs> Kiki Vandewey was a pretty good player himself. Anyway, all right, enough about the 75th anniversary team. We've sort of beaten that one to death. A couple of teams uh, I want to talk about real quickly, and then we'll wrap it up. Golden State off to a very good start, and they're doing this. Without a couple of guys who are not there, we don't know exactly when Clay is going to come back. And Wisdom, the same thing. So, once again, Steph, Steph's just one of the great players of all time himself. Yeah, and you know what? I just love their system. I love the ball movement, the cutting, the screening. It's so hard to defend. I'll be curious to see how they stack up against some of the, the, the top teams in the league that they haven't really played yet. They faced the Lakers opening night. But give them credit, three of their wins – have been on the road, and it's always tough to win on the road. Yeah, no question. And finally, Andy, the rookie class, I think you think a little bit higher of this rookie class. Again, Cade Cunningham hasn't gotten, hasn't even played yet. And, and Jalen Green, I don't know, he had one really good game, but his other games have been really eh. So w- what do you make out of this rookie class? I know you're higher than I am. No, I really like it. Yeah, Green just had the one good game, but I've watched film of him. You know, he's a freak athletically. Um, he's got He's got a game off the dribble. He can break you down. He's going to be just fine. Remember how Anthony Edwards struggled so badly, and they're similar athletically. Um, Evan Mobley has not put up big numbers, but he's been a monster on defense. They've had wins against Atlanta and Denver. He's contested more shots than anybody in the league. This is a two-way player. This is a guy that I think will be the number one player in that class. And then you've got Davion Mitchell with the Kings, who plays defense on every possession, like it's the seventh game of the NBA Finals. Scotty Barnes with Toronto has actually been better offensively than we thought. He's a playmaker, great defender. And remember the name Josh Giddy of the Thunder, 6'8 point guard. Um, he's had a couple of good games. As we're speaking tonight, he put up 18-9 and nine against the Lakers. Phenomenal passer, can rebound. Um, if he ever gets an outside shot, this guy's going to be a big-time player. So, yeah, I, I really like this class. You know, and it's funny, you didn't mention the number three guy in the class, and I think he's actually played better than all the players, at least very, very early on, and that's Evan Mobley, who I think through their first four games. Oh, no, I, just admit, I mentioned Mobley. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. I, I, I must. Sorry, Andy. That's I normally, all right. 
I normally yeah. pay rapt attention to everything you say, but I must. Have <laughs> my uh, not, not you know look Mobley you know he's a playmaker um he can put the ball on the floor he's a guy that can take the ball off the glass and initiate offense um I follow Jim Jones on Twitter um the Cavs uh analyst on TV you know and he talked about what a force he's been in the early going all right well uh yeah I like him so far I think like I said I think they've played four games so far and he's led them to a couple of victories the roster really isn't that good, but I think he stands out, at least at this point. I think that was a really wise pick on their part. By the way, I do have to mention one of his teammates. Jared Allen is off to a tremendous start, has looked really good, and he's only shooting 83% from the floor. That's oh, that's it. all. That's all. Yeah. He had one well, 11 for 11 game. On the other end of the spectrum, and he was here in Chicago, and we talked about Lowry Markinen. He He's has a bad really, player, Dave. I mean, he, you know, a, a normal a normal game for him is four of twelve from the field. He's still capable, Andy, but unfortunately for him and maybe Ooh. them, he just hasn't displayed. Uh, it. Da- Dave, he's, he's a plotter. Lowry Markinen, Doug McDermott, Joe Harris, not good players. But Steve Nash hasn't figured that out yet with Harris. Yeah, and it's funny, all those guys are getting big money for not producing for the money that they're getting. It's really I, I wish we would get big money for not producing. Well, we are for doing this podcast. No worries. <laughs> well, that's the last one. Yeah, that's that's the last thing we'll talk about here. Anyway, <laughs> until next week, Andy, like I said, I'll do an interview with George Blaha. Here tomorrow night will be Mike Breen with the New York Knicks, and we will try and get him, at least I'll ask, if he's available to come on our podcast, and we'll both be able to talk to him. So we'll see what happens. But until next week, we appreciate you listening. 